This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hello everyone, this is Polly and Angela. Uh, today I'm going to be interviewing Polly. Um, she's currently a 2L, uh, so we thought it'd be a good chance for her to share her 1L experiences and to see uh, what she's learned and what she's gone through and what sort of preparation she thinks would be very helpful for incoming 1Ls. As this is the start of September, and that means the start of a new school year. Um, so I guess the first thing would be for Polly to introduce herself. So can you just briefly talk about yourself, yeah. like your background, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. etc. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. So um, I entered into law school a little bit later in life. Um, I did not always want to be a lawyer growing up, but um, this is the sort of thing that comes later when I discover how interesting the field of law is when I work at an intellectual property firm in Hong Kong. So to give you some ideas about my background, I have a Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry and a Master of Science in Pathology and Molecular Medicine. I've worked for a couple of years as a cancer researcher at the Sakis Hospital. So coming from a scientific background, the move into law was sort of a really big decision for me. And it was my experience working as a patent engineer in Hong Kong that really helped me to decide to go into law. So I can talk a little bit about my work prior to law school, I guess, like okay. the IP law yeah, firm. Yeah. So when I was working at the IP law firm, I was responsible for prosecuting um, patent applications. And I enjoy the fact that I can learn about a lot of different cutting-edge inventions. And at that time, my reasons for going to law was quite simple. It's because I wanted to have a larger scope of work when I was helping my clients. I want to help them with their patent litigation issues, their uh, infringement opinions issues. And and if without a law degree, you can't really do that. Um, what I did not know is how many other learning opportunities there are within the law school yeah. and what a life-changing experience it is to be a law student here. So you came from Hong Kong to Canada, is that yeah. correct? Wow. Yeah. That's well, big... no, no, no. Well, like I have always lived in Canada, um, lived in Canada oh, okay, sort of, okay. but then I just worked for what? a year in Hong Kong. I see. Like at first when I was transitioning from science into yeah. law, I thought, oh, maybe patent agent was mm-hmm. the way to go. Mm-hmm. And in Hong Kong, it's easier to get a patent agent position with my language skills because mm-hmm. I know both Chinese yeah. and English. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's pretty... That's a big jump from yeah. <laughs> Canada to Hong Kong, and now back to Canada. Uh, so mm-hmm. I guess after hearing about your previous work experience, and I think you touched a bit upon how being a law student is very different, so could you maybe talk about mm-hmm. more about your overall 1L experience yeah. and what you've learned and maybe what you'd suggest other students to do? Mm-hmm. 
So my 1L experience is great. Being a 1L is sort of scary sometimes. There's a lot of unknown coming to law school, I guess. Um, not knowing what law school is about and what the workload is like, mm -hmm. whether you can handle it, and whether or not law school is even right for you. Mm -hmm. But law school also comes with a lot of learning opportunities. And coming from a very focused scientific background, I felt law school has really helped me broaden my views about the world. Mm -hmm. So when you learn about constitutional law, you learn about how the scope of Canadian rights and freedom expand and evolve as people um, bring on these constitutional challenge to the court. And through criminal law, you also learn about how, how to balance the needs to protect the public safety and also um, to punish only the morally blameworthy. And all these stuff are something that I haven't learned before mm -hmm. or know before. So it could be in the back of your mind and maybe sort of common sense, but it's very different when you really take on the education. So uh, what about, is there something that you wish you had done in law school if during your first year that you didn't? Well, mooting would be one. I didn't apply. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the only thing is I didn't... Um, you know how like it's a lottery, it's a lottery. Yeah, yeah. so yeah so there is only limited positions so I'm oh, like oh okay, okay. So, well yeah. you Ottawa there's um we're upper years there's the moot tryout yeah there is so, the moot tryout for people who yeah. are in at Ottawa U yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you can do um mm. and I guess what what was something like, are there other tips that you have for students for, to prepare for 1L, like how to study or... I can talk a little bit about like how to prepare for yeah. classes yeah. and like how to make your summaries and maybe prepare for law exams yeah. that might be relevant to 1Ls up there. Mm -hmm. So the way I prepare for classes is quite straightforward. I just do my readings, I take notes as I read, go to class with my notes and add any missing points um, during my class yes. to my notes. And I usually do my readings the day before class or just the, the day of the class so that like everything is still fresh in my mind. Okay. Um, I've heard people, some people prefer doing the readings after yeah. going to class just because they know what's the focus of the class mm -hmm. and they can make their summary maybe focusing on the key cases then. Um, I think it's definitely just a personal preference, but um, you sort of have to know the style of teaching of your prof. If your prof is someone who wouldn't reiterate what the case is about before mm -hmm. they go on to in-depth discussion in class, then you probably should read the cases before going to the class, or at least read like a summary of it. So I, I guess a lot of people might be thinking about whether they should join a club, and what kind of club should they join, and how do they balance all your schedule and yeah, extracurricular yeah. activities, right? So when I was at 1L, I've heard a number of times that 1L grades are really important. Yes. And students should think carefully before thinking about how many stuff they want to be involved in. Mm -hmm. And many people advise against having a part-time job in 1L. Yeah, right? yeah. So um, I think I would agree that grades are important just because how many things that you're applying as a second year requires 1L mm -hmm. grades. So when you're applying for OCI, of course, they ask for your 1L grades. When you're applying for mooting, you know, they ask for 1L grades. And when you're applying for 
even just courses that has limited space, yeah. they would um, ask for your grace as well. Um, but I also think that even though grades are important, it is a good idea to be involved in some extracurricular activities in the first year because sometimes these activities could open up new opportunities for you to meet people and mm -hmm. to help you develop useful skills that can be evaluated through your exams or your courses. Yeah. So for me, I did not join many things in 1L. The only thing I joined in 1L is like to be a host at the law school show oh, here. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Happy to have um, you. <laughs> so at the law school show, I was responsible for uh, interviewing lawyers, students, and faculties and ask them about their career paths. Yeah. And, uh, and I think this position really helped me gain a sense of community, I guess, because you get to be with a group of people who believe in the same thing. And the few of you could work very closely together to achieve different goal and tasks. And some of these people, like David and you, Angela, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> are upper year students. And they often give me really good career advice of like uh, article recruit or mm -hmm. like an OCI. So it just feels nice to be not on your own and to stand for a cause that you believe in together. So um, I would really recommend students to take part in at least one extracurricular activity during law school. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't really need to be afraid of the workload if you're only doing one or two, yeah. right? So just try it out. I'm sure like these activities could enrich your law school experience. Yeah, I think extracurricular activities could help you de-stress. Like mm -hmm. in 1L, oh, it seems so far away, but <laughs> in 1L, I joined two clubs, I think, like as a first year rep. And two I also clubs. did the law school show. So, and then I thought that was quite good because I, I met some people, like you yeah. said, and um, like it's, it's more, I feel it's sometimes it's more networking as well. Yeah. And yeah. just, if you like what you're doing, you don't think it's that much of a burden anyway. That's true. So yeah. it's not bad if you pick something that you like. Mm -hmm. Like I know some classmates who did the, the this theater that like our law students have, and the then theater? yeah, there's oh, there's like a theater it. that yeah. happens every year at U Ottawa Law, and wow. some people did that, and then like other people join clubs like I did or some mm. people some people even have part-time work so it's not I know impossible. I, I, I do have a part-time work as well oh wow so my part-time work was pretty flexible okay I was working for Notium Research it's a company in Toronto and what they do is that they provide translation for uh, scientific articles. Oh, and there's like so, more working from home. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. and like when a project is out, you can decide whether you want to take the project on or oh, not. Okay. So, so it's, it's like flexible. It's a bit of a freelance. Then. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's like a bit of a freelance. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I know a few people who worked at coffee mm -hmm. shops or they worked mm -hmm. um, even with the government, like part time. Yeah. So it's it's definitely doable, but. Mm -hmm. it's, I think you just have to be good at managing your yeah, time. Yeah, like, yeah. You probably yeah. have less time to relax <laughs> in <laughs> that true. case yeah. if you have to be at the office. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's definitely doable. Um, and I guess moving on from extracurricular activities um, into more of a heavy topic, what about for law school exams? Did you find them to be very 
different from your undergrad ones or yeah i guess like coming from a science background with mm-hmm. most of my exams filled with you know multiple choice questions or like mathematical there's a lot of lab work you know? too right yeah so. this is very different yeah I feel law school exam is, is definitely something that I have to get used to and I couldn't say I have completely mastered the art yeah, of law yeah. school exam yet but I, I guess I could point out something that have worked for me and okay. help, help improve my grades so, okay. so it's important to look at a law school exam before you um, like a practice start. one yeah. right? yeah 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 like I mean, even before exams are drawing close, try to go to the library, look at the database, look mm-hmm. at some law school exam, mm-hmm. and what are the questions. Many people don't really know what is the fact pattern, yeah. how to make a summary. That's mostly because they don't know what they're going to be tested on. So when you read like an exam and you know that, oh, they make these like hypothetical situations and then you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to apply the law that you learn, into their situation. So that's actually the essence of the yeah. law school exam and yeah. the essence of the law. So when you're taking notes, instead of focusing on, you know, oh, knowing all the history of the law, mm. try to learn about the, the legal principles and what's important take away from that case. And yeah. I think for me, back mm-hmm. then, um, because in upper years you have a few more paper courses, mm. So, um, so that's a bit different. Okay. Uh, but I guess for law school exams, in case people didn't know, it's usually like a fact pattern. Mm-hmm. And then they'll ask you how to, like, what should you do, or what, what sort of legal advice should you give to your client. That's yeah. what usually happens. And so for me, I think what helped was to look at a previous case that you study in class and then be careful about the facts because oftentimes it's the facts that sort of differ for each like the principle is obviously there and then you kind of have to argue based on the, the facts yeah. of the previous case mm-hmm. so I would suggest taking really good notes on the facts yeah. and then obviously the principle usually the professor will just tell you <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, this that's is true. the ratio yeah. but um and then I think also is to be able to give a conclusion like a very highly likely the court would find blah 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 like in the end because some people I know they didn't make a conclusion and Mm -hmm. that's what lost marks for them Mm -hmm. um yeah sorry go on oh no 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 I I also heard like if you want to get like better grades Mm -hmm. you should argue both sides yeah yeah that's true so usually what I do is I would argue both sides and then make a conclusion that, okay, one side will likely do whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that usually boosted my grades a bit because the prophet mm-hmm. would oh yeah, you, yeah, you thought think about, about yeah. this thing. But obviously you have to be smart with your time too. I like know. you can't just throw everything in there. You have to be able to, I think the hardest part at it's first is, is to find out like the main issues like some people can be very good at spotting the big issues and then that saves a lot of time because sometimes like you said if you miss like one issue you lose maybe like five percent or ten (laughs) percent yeah so part of it is training how to 
spot the issue. But then some profs, at least in upper year, I found um, they have like one or two questions about policy. Oh yeah, so, they do like an essay questions. Yeah, yeah, like legal policy. Mm-hmm. So I think for that one, you you would have to you know be you can be more creative there. Yeah, you can think about like what are the general themes that are taught in the class. Yeah, and think yeah. about what could be asked about those themes. Yeah, yeah but it, that one is is a bit professor related because. Mm-hmm. I know some professors are very black letter law and they don't care about policy that much. Mm. And then some others are more like intellectual mm-hmm. in the sense of that's true. That's true. Wanting you can to tell think about you know what mm-hmm. where the law is going to change or what mm-hmm. to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess moving from exams is. I wanted to ask you a bit about the 1L recruit, like with the IP side mostly, because yeah. um, I think you're one of the few hosts that we have had where... Been through the been, Yeah, <laughs> been, been through the IP one. Yeah. So did you also do the 1L recruit, like the non-IP side? It's usually with just the big law firms. Um, oh, okay. I did the Toronto one, oh, yes, okay. but I, I did not get any interviews for that one. That's really so, tough. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, yeah, I didn't get any interviews either. Yeah. That I, one is really, really tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess I wanted to ask, did you find any differences between the two recruits? Like the um, IP one and the regular? I did hear about the formal Toronto LCI recruiter. Yeah. Where on your show and I think they are actually quite similar. So okay. in the IP recruit, uh, I was interviewing with four firms. So most of them started with a uh, interview with one or two associates lawyers, so not partners yeah. usually. Some firms ask very formal questions, like just like a formal interview that they ask the same questions to all the candidates, you know. Can so you they give ask us like, oh, an example. Um, what are your strengths? You know, oh, what are your so behavioral questions? Yeah. Uh, what are your weaknesses? Uh, can you describe a challenging uh, yeah, time? Something like that. Some other firms would be using a more informal style. Okay. So um, they would be like, oh, you're a one now. So how's your first month of law school? And they would ask you about that and okay. just go from It there. starts pretty early. October, is it? The IP recruit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're applying in September, I think, and then you're interviewing in October. Wow. Uh, well, your IP one, the interviews were longer, right? Like an hour or so? You went to the firm. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but OCI's is even worse because, like, you probably minutes. know. It's, oh, it's yeah. usually 30 minutes. I think my first oh, interview. Okay. But that's, like, way less. That's way, way more. Way than, more, sorry. Than, than yeah. 17 minutes. Yeah, OCI ones are really short, like 14 to 17, that type. Yeah. So definitely, I think you, you have to bring more energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, more energy. Anything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I'm not very good at that to be mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> um, but but yeah, and and there's so many more candidates for OCI. Yeah. So you have there's more competition. That's true, that's true. Yeah. But before I get sidetracked, um <laughs> uh, so IP recruit, did you find that they were looking for like h- people with hard science backgrounds? 
Without a hard science background, it's sort of hard to get mm-hmm. an interview. But I think once you get the interview, then they don't look at it as much. Okay, so it's more getting yeah. to have the interview. I think so. I think yeah. so. Like, um, all of the people I know who got an interview are people with a master or a PhD in science. Mm-hmm. Some sort um, of science-related I, yeah, yeah. degree, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know anybody with just a bachelor in science mm-hmm. who got an interview. But there, there could be people out there. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it depends on you know um, a lot of different things. Because yeah. it could be they're working in a science environment after their bachelor degree for mm-hmm. a long time too, mm-hmm. right? So and also intellectual property is not only about patents. There, there's also copyright and yeah. other stuff that are less dependent about your scientific mm-hmm. background too. So yeah, so it's. Mm-hmm. I guess it's generally speaking, mm-hmm. they do expect you to have some sort of science knowledge. But I mean, just to get the interview. Oh, just to get yeah. the interview. I think it would help a lot, just because there are so many applicants. Mm-hmm. And, um, I agree too. Because yeah. I did, I did apply for <laughs> a you few okay. like more IP, IP firms okay. during the two L recruit, yeah. and that. That one firm, I'm not going to name it, but <laughs> um, it was interesting because they did interview a lot of non-science backgrounds, which was this oh, bit of a shock yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like I wasn't successful, and same with my friends who didn't have science yeah. backgrounds. So I don't know if that might have you know contributed to whatever. But like for the other firms, though, I didn't get any interviews, which I sort of expected because I come from business background. <laughs> um, okay, but, but yeah, so so I wouldn't say it's you know a hundred percent no go if you don't no. have a science background, yeah. but it's definitely much yeah. harder. I think if you're interested, just try, right? It yeah. doesn't hurt, and it's sort of if you get an interview, then you get some more interviewing experience. Mm-hmm. So it's always good experience to have. So mm-hmm. just try and see what happens. And it it sort of helped me to get all my stuff ready early on too. Otherwise, I wouldn't like get all my you know resume, cover letter, all done just in October. Yeah, that's what I found for one L recruit too. Like that happens. When does it happen again? Is it January? One L. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that one, I. I forced myself to do it too, so I could yeah. <laughs> get all of my resume and cover letter and everything done for the 2L. <laughs> because the law school, well, the law sort of resume stuff is different than what you had in science, right? Yeah, yeah. it's different. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was slightly different from business too, so the cover yeah. letter style. And, whatnot so yeah I, I went to the career center so many times and they had like this formal you know uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. structure yeah. of the yeah I think most resume. career offices mm-hmm. do have like a cover letter resume mm-hmm. guide online so yeah. if you if any of the law students are curious and are going to apply to the mm-hmm. IP recruit for 1L I would suggest going to your career office asking for help or go to your website and try to find some sort of resume guide because the law school and the law industry style for resume and cover letters 
is pretty different from different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. industries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all the questions that I had for you today. So, okay. Um, thank you for taking the time for this interview. And thank you. Um, we're definitely gonna hear more from you <laughs> in the future. <laughs> okay. Have a good day. Thank you. You've just been listening to the Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds.